stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. If you've just tuned in, we're talking to Sleepless in Seattle. Apparently they're sleeping a lot in Seattle these days, or at least uh, the teenagers are. So a couple of years ago, school boards, or the school board, the public school board in Seattle, decided they were going to start school a little bit later. In the 2016-2017 school year, middle school and high school went from a 7.50 a.m. start time to an 8.45 a.m. start time. So it was disruptive, but... The uh, objective was to address the fact that teens are sleep-deprived. If school started a little bit later, would that mean teens got more sleep? Uh, Certainly, kids going through puberty, their sleep patterns change. Their circadian rhythm changes. They do become more night owls. Now, I mean, look, you can decide when you go to bed, even if you're a teen going through puberty. But does it better fit with what they're going through to have school start a little bit later? You still got the same number of hours in the day. So, I mean, it's very subjective when school starts. We could go 8 to 3 or we could go 9 to 4. We could start at 7. We could start at 6. We could start at 10, right? I mean, it's all very arbitrary anyway. So, really, what's the difference between 745 and 845? They're spending the same amount of time in school. They're doing the same curriculum. Nothing else changes. But how has this experience worked in Seattle? Well, new research published this week finds that kids did get more sleep as a result. And also, grades have improved since the change. Well, joining us to talk more about the research uh, is the lead author of this study, Uh, Gideon Dunster is a doctoral student in biology at the University of Washington and joins us on the line here this afternoon. Gideon, great to have you with us. Welcome to the program. Uh, Excellent to be on. Thank you so much for inviting me. All right. So it's interesting that uh, I guess you've got a a whole set of data to work with because a couple of years ago, Seattle public schools changed their start times. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. uh, The school board voted to delay the start times by 55 minutes. Uh, and we were able to use this as a great natural experiment um, in order to look at how students were sleeping and doing in school before and then after the delay in start times. So was the change done for that reason? Yeah, so there was actually a really concerted effort by some concerned parents, um, some teachers, and um, including my advisor, who was actually both a sleep researcher and a parent of a student um, in the local school district at the time, Uh, And so they lobbied the school district based on um, a lot of the science that suggested that students were not sleeping enough and delaying start times might be a way to help that. And so the school board um, was great. They listened to the arguments and then they decided to delay um, for those very reasons. So it was almost an hour, in fact, as you say, so from 7.50 a.m. to 8.45 a.m. Yeah, exactly. Almost an hour, 55 minutes total. Uh, But does that automatically translate into more sleep? I mean, it's conceivable that if kids can sleep in an hour later, they'll stay up an hour later at night. Absolutely. And that was um, probably the most common question uh, that we had coming into this study was whether or not we would observe that. Um, Interestingly, you know, we 
in our field of sleep researchers and, and circadian biologists, we noticed that um, it's been pretty well documented that as students go through puberty, uh, they have a delay in their circadian clock. Uh, and so it's pretty natural during puberty that teenagers will actually become later, uh, later night owls as compared to, say, their parents or when they were young kids. And so when we saw this delay in start times, uh, we actually didn't see a significant delay in when students were going to bed, but we saw a very significant delay in when they were waking up. Uh, and this is supported by this idea that, you know, biology tells these kids when to go to sleep, but society is telling them when to wake up. And so yeah. if we can't change their biology, we can really target the society. So we, we have noticed then, or at least you did notice in this study, that there was an improvement in, in sleep. Yes, exactly. We saw a net increase of over half an hour of sleep per night for all these students, 34 minutes um, to be exact. Uh, and that's, you know, that's huge for anyone who's not quite sure you know, what to make of that. I would challenge anyone to cut their own sleep down by 35 minutes a day for a week or two and tell me how they feel. It's, it's usually not pleasant. <laughs> no kidding. Well, yeah, and I, I think we know what it's like to not get enough sleep. So uh, if in this study then we're seeing improved sleep, we're seeing improved grades, that there's an obvious connection there. Yeah, so we can't actually make a direct relationship and say that the, the delaying start times led to the increased grades. Um, but what we can say is that you know, students are sleeping more, and from a variety of research, it's really well documented that proper sleep is very important for learning and memory. And so um, we have that kind of indirect relationship where we know that sleep is important for learning, the students were getting more sleep and they were doing better in school, um, so it's conceivable that those two are linked. And to understand then, you know, what it is teens are going through, because I think there's there's a notion that, you know, especially with, with older teens in later grades, that once you get into university, once you get into the workforce, you know, you're going to have to get up early. That That's part of life, uh, and that, that maybe this is something they need to start getting adjusted to earlier. But if we're talking about conditions that are very specific to teens, does it make sense to have those kinds of expectations? Well, that's a really good point. You know, we, uh, you know, the decision to have a 9 a.m. average work start day is, is relatively arbitrary um, and based on just more history than anything else. And so this shift that we see in teens is so stark at puberty. And then over your lifetime, we usually see that people become, you know, earlier and earlier and earlier types. Um, and so, you know, it's fun when we go into these schools, we ask them who wakes up earlier, you or your parents. And they almost always say their parents. Um, and so the shift does kind of go back to being levels that we might say are a little bit earlier as they age. Um, but what it really comes down to is student health. Uh, and again, you know, you're absolutely right. There are going to be some jobs where they, they will end up leaving college and have to get up earlier. Um, and by the time they do that, maybe in their mid-20s, uh, their delay will start lessening a little bit. Um, and the impact of that reduced sleep, that sleep need, for instance, will be less. Um, but we're really trying to target this critical population uh, during development um, at a time when they need more sleep than adults and they need to go and go to bed and wake up later um, compared to adults. And yeah. So we think that this is just a critical time period that we really don't want to sacrifice um, to help these students do well. Well, it was interesting because there was a quote here from your, your uh, corresponding author uh, on the study that says to ask a teen to be up and alert at 7.30 a.m. is like asking an adult to be active and alert at 5.30 a.m. Yeah, that's exactly right, because teens are so much more delayed than your average adult. Um, and again, you know, it's not comparable, right? You know, teens waking up at 7 a.m. isn't the same as 
as someone who's maybe 30 or 40 waking up at 7 a.m., you know, for those very reasons that we just talked about. Um, so, you know, it's a, it's a good, uh, we think this is a good step, at least here in Seattle, that helps these students get a lot closer because there is a sleep epidemic in the United States and in, in many developed countries, especially in our teens. And so this is one way that we think that we can help combat that epidemic. Yeah, because, you know, and, and certainly they went through that in Seattle because there was some resistance to the change. It means, you know, overhauling bus schedules. It means maybe parents having to make some adjustments in their own schedules. So not everybody's going to be enthusiastic about it, but this at least can can be illustrative of the potential benefits, right? Of course. And, you know, we definitely don't want to minimize the efforts that it took to make this happen. Um, you know, as you pointed out, bus schedules had to be moved, sports schedules had to be moved, you know, scheduling field time. You know, this was a huge effort. And you're right, you know, there's some people that um, maybe are, aren't excited about the change um, for these very reasons. And, you know, what we like to say is, you know, we absolutely hear those concerns and they're absolutely valid concerns. But what we're really focused on is the health of the teen student. And really, that's what we want to focus on is, you know, at school, we want students to be healthy and to do as well as they can, um, you know, learn their material and and do well in school. Um, And so while we understand that there's definitely some some short-term pain, we're hoping that it's worth it for that long-term gain. Yeah, indeed. Well, it's fascinating research, uh, certainly important research, published this week in the journal Science Advances. Uh, Gideon, thank you so much for joining us here today. Really appreciate your insight on this. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. All right. That's uh, Gillian Dunster. He's um, lead author in this study, doctoral student in biology at the University of Washington. So some interesting findings. Uh, Look, I mean, kids are otherwise uh, not doing anything during the day. (laughs) Uh, So as long as they're in school for a set number of hours, does it really matter? I think more or less we want it to line up with when mom and dad are going to work. But obviously, that that can vary tremendously. So it, the, the notion that you know this is pandering to kids or pampering kids—it seems kind of silly. This is when school starts; you need to be there on time. I think, as our guest pointed out, you know the circadian rhythm changes that occur during those teen years—that goes away into adulthood. So we're talking about what teens specifically are going through, and that's not something that's necessarily going to carry over into adulthood anyway. And I've got a text here. It says, why was school starting that early in the first place? When I went to school, our start times were around 8.45 to 9 o'clock. Yeah, I don't know. 7.45, that seems crazy early to start school. Uh, my son and daughter, my son's at uh, middle school, daughter's at high school, and then they have different start times. I don't think either one feels as though they're being catered to. Neither is is likely to be someone who's, who's chronically late for work. My daughter just got her first job, and she's very concerned about being on time to work. So I, I don't see that as an issue at all. I'll be curious to see as my son gets into those teen years, he's very much a morning person. Like He sets an alarm in the morning, but he's up at 6, 6.30 anyway. I'd be curious to see how much that changes as it gets into teen years. Certainly with our daughter, we noticed a big change in sleep patterns. So kids go through that. Uh, Look, school starts when it starts. And you need to be there on time. And you need to realize when you got to get up and get enough sleep. Right? So it is what it is. But it does make sense to me 
uh, that, that certainly with high school, that it would have like that 8.30, 9 o'clock start. Why not? Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 12.30 on News Talk 770 Calgary.